spiritual <coughs> verses, and we'll read that together. And I noticed in this scripture, 26 times it ends with his mercy endureth forever. That's why we're here this morning. Because of his mercy. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night. Lord. 
commit them into your hands, Jesus, uh, and believe you to continue to bless uh, the choir as they sing the special singing and the preaching of thy word. Uh, and we'll be sure to bow our unworthy heads and give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.
It's good to be in church this morning. Amen. Good to see everyone's, uh, well, almost everyone's smiling face. And uh, it's always good to come to the house of God. I'd like to Amen. give you a few announcements with you this morning. Uh, how many of you have a bulletin? Would you please raise your hand let me know that you have a bulletin? Okay, great. Okay, great. There's several that do not, so I will just go through it real, real quickly here. Um, reminding you about the service this evening at 6.30, and then also Wednesday, Preming at 7.30 p.m. On February the 14th, that is this coming Friday, we have uh, the NCS, Nazarene Christian School Valentine's Dinner, uh, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Sassafras Tea Room, 229 North Madison Avenue in Greenwood. And uh, just a reminder, this is a fundraiser. Uh, Brooklyn Carpenter, who is one of the students at Nazarene Christian School, is going to be going to the International Convention in Thailand this year. The first time ever that it's in Thailand, and she's looking forward to it. We're looking forward to, for her to go, and this is a fundraiser, so we would like for you to, to help out with this uh, if it would be uh, possible for you. February the 18th, 7.15 p.m., cottage prayer meeting, Brother and Sister Bennett's uh, home. They will be hosting the special cottage prayer meeting focused on our upcoming Youth Revival. So everyone is welcome to that. It is open to everyone. That is February the 18th at 7.15 p.m. On February the 21st through the 23rd, we have Youth Revival right here in the church. Brother Paul Stetler from Hope Sound, Florida will be coming to preach to us. He will be the evangelist. And uh, the schedule the schedule is on the, on the monitor out the hallway. And it's also here in the bulletin. And uh, there is a special note at the end of the announcement that says an additional $700 in pledges are needed for this revival. So if you would be willing to give $700 or maybe $100 or $50 or $20 or $10, whatever the case may be, please feel free to do so. You can do that by filling out one of the, uh, the tithe envelopes on the back of the pew in front of you. And you can, uh, you can turn that in today if you would like to this morning or this evening or before February the 21st. February the 22nd, 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Sisters of Strength Brunch, hosted by Don and Sister Donna Bennett. If you have any more questions about that, please talk to Sister Bennett. She can tell you anything you want to know about it. Okay. And uh, then we have a great scripture at the last part of our bulletin, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 8, the love chapter. Beautiful, beautiful chapter. If you don't know what it says, read it. It will touch your heart. Yeshers are coming this morning. And while they're coming, I do have one other announcement. Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday, 6.30 p.m., we have basketball and volleyball games at the school. Uh, so everybody is, is welcome to that. Then on Saturday, I believe we have a tournament also. So uh, uh, we will uh, be looking for you there to help support the school. Brother Helfrich, would you leave some bread this morning, please? Thank you, Lord, for serving in my house this morning. <coughs>
dormitory. Amen. At this time, the uh, Beach Grove Tabernacle is going to sing for us. <laughs> we will have a special. Brother Bates will be bringing us this morning's message. Let's pray for them all. Amen. <laughs>
We misquote it. We misquote it in singing. We misquote it when we quote it. Job said the Lord gave. Job didn't have any promise that God would ever give again. He said the Lord gave. The Lord took away. They washed his face, lifted his head toward heaven, and said, Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> it's not always easy to do that. I know that. But my heart today says, Blessed be the name of the Lord. I hope you don't get tired of this ensemble uh, because I enjoy singing with them, uh, even when I don't have a voice. And um, you've learned by now that I'm a tad bit methodical. I'm not, I'm not quite used to this senior pastor thing. I, I've resigned for 30 minutes five times this week because I wanted to say something on Facebook. I can't say that. I'm a senior <laughs> pastor. You know, so, you know, um, but I, uh, I don't know. I like, I like, uh, there's something about an ensemble like this singing before I preach that I just like. And so as long as nobody's complaining, it might happen for a little while. So, so don't complain, okay? Because I'm not going to listen anyway. No, I'm kidding. But I, um, I love this bunch. Um, some of them I've worked with a long time. Um, you want to say anything, bro? <laughs> well, uh, earlier this week I was talking with uh, Pastor. That's hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's always just been done. Uh, and uh, I was talking with him, and the past few months have been pretty rough. Um, back in October, some things happened at work that I never thought I was going to have to deal with. And ever since then, it seems like every week, I told him, it seems like every week, there's been something in some aspect of my life. I just felt like it was a gut punch every week from October all the way till now. And I, I got to the point two weeks ago where I just told God, I was like, how do you break how something needs to happen, something needs to change, I need some sort of reprieve. And it came about kind of in an odd way. I had an employee quit, we were kind of expecting it, and uh, I was gonna have to rearrange a lot of stuff to fill a truck route. Instead of delegating it off and rewriting the whole script, I just decided to take the truck route myself. And uh, so that put me in a truck cab for five days in a row, for seven hours a day by myself where it was just me and God. And for the first three days when I was driving across the west border of Indiana, and I, you know, one radio station fades out, and then you find another one, that one comes in, and you get that for about 15 minutes, that one fades out. But every single station I would go to, every single Christian station I'd go to, instead of singing, which is what I was generally looking for, it was preaching. And it was sermon after sermon after sermon after sermon, uh, all the way from about 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. And uh, the first three days, it was all, every sermon that I heard was about God's grace, his mercy, his strength in a time of trouble. And it just encouraged my heart and just kind of, kind of I just felt revived the whole first part of that week. And then the last day that I was driving on Friday, 10 a.m., just leaving Vincennes, Indiana, I heard a sermon and I can tell you that I felt God closer in that cab or that truck than I felt him in a really long time. And he just came down in such a sweet way and just spoke to my heart. And he didn't give me all the answers. He didn't give me a, a tendency. I'm, I'm a planner. I'm an organizer. That's my personality. I like things, Dennis will know. I like things laid out and planned ahead. And, but he didn't give me the 10-step plan. He didn't give me a three-point bulletin. He didn't give me a PowerPoint or a spreadsheet or he gave me one word. That word was exactly what I needed to know. It was exactly what I needed to know that he still cared. And he was still in control and it didn't matter what was going on around me. All I could do was just rest in him. And it doesn't, like the song's going to say, I'm going to make it. Because he's already said that I will.
Through so many dangers and toils of this life, I have already come. But He keeps on giving the grace and the strength to just keep pressing on. He's given a promise.
don't have I don't have all the answers about a lot of things. I have lived in frustration uh, now for months wishing that I could fix every problem and every family situation. And I can't. When Aaron called me Friday and wanted to get together and talk, I told him, I said, I've tried to leave you alone, but I said, please know that I haven't left you alone because I haven't cared, because I care. And I mean that about anybody. If you're, if you're going through a trial and you think I'm just standing back, don't think I'm ignoring you. I'm not. At times I don't know what to say. And I don't want anybody to feel any pressure to do something they don't want to do. Amen? Yes. This isn't a campaign about anything. This is about God's kingdom. Amen. He said, I appreciate the fact you've given me my space. But you see, the Holy Spirit knows what we need. Right. And he knows how to climb into a car and bend sins and do what humanity cannot do. And I've learned that if we'll just let God be God and do what God can do, Amen. He does it a lot better than we do. He fights my battles a lot better than I fight them. He fights your battles a lot better than you do if you would just let Him. I'm going to share something with you this morning that's, uh, I'm not really sure I'm going to preach to you as much as I'm going to talk to you. I'm also going to, uh, to tell you, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. I, 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 I'm, I'm also going to tell you, you know, this is a holiness church. We're not, we're not a charismatic church. I have a lot of United Pentecostal friends. I love their enthusiasm. I wish we had some of their life. I don't agree with them about everything, but boy, I sure love it that they get excited about Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with getting excited about Jesus, right? And I know that that some churches and and uh, some TV programs glamorize the specific subject that I'm going to talk to you about in such a way that we totally shy away from it. I've asked Trina and Stephanie to bring our, our children back in near the end of this service because I'm going to end this service differently than I would normally end a service. I'm not qualified. Let me say it this way. I don't really, I, I want to be transparent this morning. Amy says, don't use the phrase, I want to be honest with you, because she said it makes it sound like you haven't been being honest. <laughs> I want to be transparent with you this morning. I can't stand here and tell you that I'm superhuman and that I guess what I want you to know is in the human, my faith is not as high as it should be. And I almost waited to preach this to you after a period of fasting and prayer to where I could stand here and say, you know, okay, I'm ready to share this with you. But having said that, God knows my humanity. God knows that I'm human, just like you are. And His Word is always true. Always. Even if I don't feel at times 100%, I'm never qualified to, I'm just a vessel that, that God's, I think, trying to use. I, I, I was kind of joking when I said I've resigned five times. I kind of felt that way, you know. I'm not used to the title yet. Um, and so I'm not, I don't have all the answers. I'm not a perfect human being. But I do believe there's a truth that God wanted me to share with you today. 
that I hope at the end of this service will impact you more than you've ever been impacted. I want you to think I've gone Pentecostal. I want you to just listen to me and bear with me, okay? I want to talk to you about the healing. The healing. I have several verses I want to read, but I'll begin in Luke chapter 4, verse 40. Now when the sun was setting, all they that had sick, had any sick with divers diseases, brought them unto him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. Turn back to Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 and 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy. And he healed them. I want our church to be known as a healing church. Amen. Don, does that mean you have the gift of healing and you're going to pull a Benny hen and take off your jacket and swing it at people and knock them down? And you're going to be a Rod Parsley and rub your hands together and slap them on the head and knock them down? No. I want to, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought I'd try it just one time to see if it worked. I thought the most willing to participate might be Roger, and I was going to have him come up here, and I was going to take off my jacket and swing it and see if he can pull it I'm kidding. <laughs> but God's Word is filled with, and I'm going to talk share more with you in a minute. God's word is filled with <clears throat> with scriptures about this subject. Yes, Amen. And it is God's will for us to be a people that he can and will heal. Amen. I'm going to share an outline with you. I don't know that I'll refer to it perfectly but some of you Take notes, and I'm glad you do. And so I'm going to share it with you. I, 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 I will, first of all, tell you about the purpose of healing. The purpose of healing. Go back to Luke chapter 4 and look at verse number 17. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, Amen. to preach deliverance to the captives Amen. and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. He began with preaching. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach. But he went right from preaching to healing. Amen. Why do things need healed? Why do people need healed? Because they're broken. 
There are people here this morning who are fighting some serious physical ailments. We have people here today that are fighting cancer. We have people here today fighting Parkinson's disease. We have an ear saint that doesn't get to come to church all the time because she has a severe case of, of MS. We have others that deal with Crohn's disease and I could go on and on that every day when they, when they get up, they're dealing with something. Every Sunday when they come to church, some of them, it's a challenge to get to be in God's house because something's wrong with their physical body. Look, I'm going to tell you, I don't have the gift of healing. But I know Jesus does. Amen. I'm preaching to a lot of people who are broken emotionally. Church transitions sometimes divide families. I know what that's like. I've been through it personally. I know what it's like to show up. And, and I'm not talking about bad people. I'm talking about good people that love the Lord. Or at least say they do. I think they do. But I know what it's like to show up at Thanksgiving, Christmas, at gatherings. And the atmosphere was incredibly icy. All over a church bus. I was part of a denomination that had quite a, quite a schism years ago. There was an evangelist that lived not far from where I worked who was a dear friend of mine. In fact, before he died, he gave me, he gave me all of his sermons. He was one of the greatest evangelists that I've ever known. He was my friend. He was way up in years, but he never treated me like a, a kid. He just, he had a respect for me that I can't explain. And I will never forget the day he and Amy and I and his wife were driving down the road. And he said, listen, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm retyping all of my sermons. And he said, I'm going to put them in a manila envelope and I'm going to give them to you. And he said, but you got to make me a promise. You won't open the envelope until something happens to me. I started, I got broke up. I looked at him and I said, well, I'm overwhelmed. But I said, I'm glad. He said, well, you just never know. Shortly thereafter, he got cancer and died. Back in what will become my office, I have a treasured stack of sermons that that man gave me. I sang at his funeral. But his family went through a church schism. And at Christmas time, he and his wife came home from shopping one day and their presents were on the porch from their, from their children to let them know they weren't invited to the Christmas gathering. All over a church. I know what it's like to experience that emotional pain. It's not easy to get over you're really quiet. I hope that means you're listening. I hope nobody has shut me out this morning. I've been in the ministry long enough that unfortunately I've, I've had to deal with situations where there was abuse in a home. It may have been physical abuse. It may have been mental abuse. It may have been just verbal abuse. I've had to deal with those situations. I've had to deal with people who carried years and years and years of secrets and scars that they would never want anybody to know about. And I don't blame them. But I've also watched as those secrets and those scars have morph them into people that they would never want to be. The pain, 
makes its way out into the public. They get to where they don't trust anybody. I had friends that I went to college with that got married and it was way into the marriage before, before they admitted that they'd been abused back when they were a kid. The husband never did understand why they didn't have a good marriage. And it wasn't his fault. It just went back to a deep, dark secret that that girl never wanted to share. I'm preaching to people this morning who are carrying incredible scars. And those scars have shaped your attitude about relationships. Those scars maybe have shaped your <clears throat> attitude about God. Those scars maybe have shaped your attitude about a preacher. Those scars have shaped how you deal with relationships, how you deal with your own children, maybe. It's not their fault. In some respects, it's not your fault. It's just brokenness that you've carried for a long, long time. It's never been healed. Here's what I'm not going to do today. I don't, I don't want to turn this into a service where we all stand up and start blurting our secrets. I don't think that's healthy or helpful. Don't want it to happen. But neither do I want you to live the rest of your life thinking that you have to be a broken person that God can't heal. Because I really do believe that if you're broken today emotionally, or you're broke, I was going to talk about being broken spiritually. We have some spiritually broken people. Invariably, someone is the victim of friendly fire. Maybe people that you loved ended up on opposite sides of an issue. And you don't know what to think. And you don't know who to believe. And you believe in both of them. And yet they're slinging arrows at each other. All in the name of God. I tell you, sometimes we're worse than the Muslims. We are. We just don't sling bombs at each other. But we sling verbal bombs at each other. And you may be that kind of innocent person that's in the middle of that. And you believe in this one and you believe in that one and suddenly you find yourself broken because you have no clue what to think or who to believe or, or what's going to happen. The time goes by. The situation resolves itself. And invariably, both sides go on to do whatever they're going to do. And to live whatever life they're going to live. And invariably, many times, they forget all about the fuss that you were in the middle of. And years later, you're still carrying the hurt. They're not. They've forgotten. They've gone on. They've moved on to another battle. But you're still carrying that pain. And nobody knows it. And nobody can sense it. It rears its ugly head every once in a while. But you just carry it and live with it and hide it. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you one of these days, brothers and sisters. If God doesn't help us deal with our brokenness, there will be a broken issue that comes along that will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. And that will be the one that will knock you out. And that will be the moment you say, I'm never going to darken the door of another church. And that will be the moment you say, I'm done. And that will be the moment you walk out of a relationship. And that will be the moment you walk away from a mom and dad that might love you. Or a spouse that really does love you. They just have a terrible way of showing it. That may be the moment when the devil is finally able 
to cut you off completely. And you had no idea that all this time he was just trying to set you up. Because unfortunately, he knows how broken you are. He knows. And I would not only share with you the purpose of healing, because we all need it, but I would share with you the promise of healing. Jesus came to heal people. What I read to you in, in, in Luke chapter 4, verses 17 to 19, was a fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 61. And Jesus went to church, and they handed him the Bible, and he read. They handed him the law, and he read from the book of Isaiah, and read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach. And when he got done reading that, I didn't read the rest of the verses, but the scripture says that all eyes were fastened on him. And Jesus said, this day, this scripture has been fulfilled. This day. Don, are you trying to provide some prophetic word today? No. Don, are you trying to... Create some prophetic mirage that God is going to do something miraculous. Well, I'll say this. I do believe God can do something miraculous. I do believe that. I wouldn't preach if I didn't believe God could do something miraculous. But I want you to know, Holy Scripture does make it clear that God has promised He would heal us. Now, most of us rest in the final healing. And we just hang on for that. Well, yeah, he is going to heal us. We're going to die one of these days and we'll be completely fine. Well, you know what? There's a lot of living to do between now and dying. Amen. And there's a lot of brokenness that needs fixed between now and dying. Amen. And it would be wrong, brothers and sisters, for you and I to continue to carry around the baggage that life has laid on us without allowing a holy God to heal our hearts. So healing is promised. Here's my third point. The person of healing. Who can do it? I can't. I don't have the gift. I'm not Benny Hinn. I'm not Rod Parsley. I'm none of those guys. I can't heal. I can't do it. It's okay. I'll grab him and hand him to you. It's all right. How you doing? Good to see you. Glad you're here. No, it's all right. It's totally all right. You see this fine child right here? What's your name? It's so nice to meet you. This fine child is full of incredible potential brothers and sisters. But a mean devil and the curse of sin outside of the grace of God can create scars that will chart the course of that child in ways that we cannot imagine. And you know why we need healing? We need healing not for us, just for us old people. We need healing that God will help us know how to nurture and raise a child. And when we're broken, and we're fighting our emotions and we're lashing out because of the brokenness that we have and we end up breaking other people because we have never allowed God to heal us. Oh, but you don't understand. I had a teacher that did this. I had a pastor that did this. I had a spouse that did this. I had a mom that did this. I had a dad that did this. And it caused me all of this pain. And I am the person I am because of that. And it's caused me to lash out at people. I totally get it, brothers and sisters. But let me tell you, there is a Jesus that wants to heal you today. There is a Jesus that wants to meet your broken heart. There is a Jesus that wants to bind your wounds. There is a Jesus that wants to set you free from those demons that have held you back. And I can't do it. But He can. And the last thing I want you to notice is the prayer for healing. 
What do I have to do to get God to heal me? I want you to turn to the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16. It's a verse that we read a lot, but I don't think we've realized what it said. Confess your faults one to another. <laughs> Pray one for another. Why? What's the purpose? Is it just so God can give us grace to struggle along? Is it just so I can I can live to see another day? think that maybe I can make it. Pray for me, Don, that I can just get by. Maybe if somebody in the church will just pray for me, you know, maybe when I wake up tomorrow, <laughs> it won't be so bad. You see, brothers and sisters, that's where a lot of us live. We live in that world of just getting by. And we've unfortunately embraced the gospel that says that. That, oh, just, you know, well, God's given me grace, so I'm trying and I'm doing better. And thank God for His grace. But that's not what that verse of Scripture says. Pray one for another. That, you see what it says? That ye may be healed. Not that God would give you grace to just keep struggling along. Not that God would give you grace just to keep making it. Not that God would give you grace just to lift your head and go to work. It's not what the verse says. I'm quoting Holy Scripture, brothers and sisters. Pray one for another. That you may be healed. I want to sing you a song this morning. And I'm going to close to close with us praying. I want us I want us all to pray together. I invited our young people back in here because I know that we have some young people that are already broken. That already there's a scar here and there that the devil's just trying to grow. And I want us to pray for a when we gather in to pray. I want us to gather, first of all, as families. I want families. Dad, Mom, I want you to get out of your seat. And I want you to come to the altar as a family. But we're not just going to exclude you if you don't have a family. I want the rest of us to gather in. And I want us to pray. And here's what I want you to do. We're going to pray. I'm not asking for a show of hands as to who needs healing today. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands as to who's carrying scars or who's carrying problems. I'm not going to do it. But we are going to pray that God will heal you. And if you're here this morning and you need healing, I want you to pray, Oh God, heal me. Heal my broken heart. Wound my mended or fix my wounded spirit. Mend my emotions. Touch me. Help me. I am tired of just getting by it day after day. And I want you to know this morning on the authority of God's word, brothers and sisters, that God wants us to be a healing church. And God wants to heal you. Listen to this. Have fear and doubt came against your mind. Has your faith been sorely tried? Lift up your